Hi there, it's Tegan Steinmetz, and welcome back to my podcast, You're Already Everything. Wherever you are in whatever time you're listening to this, I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I am really, really excited to be back on this podcast. I know it's been a little bit, senior year has been like insanely crazy, a lot crazier than I would have ever expected, but... And this podcast about recruiting is a long time coming, but I'm really excited to dive into it here in a few. The first update is last week in Colorado, it rained like insanely hard for multiple days in a row, which is so unlike Colorado weather. And guess what? I go down to get my microphone and my headphones to record my podcast and they were on the ground in my basement and my basement and my mom's house flooded. So... I got a little scratchy sound in my headphones when I talk, but I like played it over and it should come out okay sounding on your end, so I really hope this all works out fine, but a little lost to the headphones, but you know, hopefully it'll all be okay. Before I dive right into this recruiting podcast, which is take two actually, because I recorded a whole other record recruiting podcast before this. And then as I was going, I was like, oh my gosh, there's things I forgot to say, things I wanted to include, and I just didn't feel great about it, like, post-recording it, so I was like, I'm just gonna redo it. And that's the frustrating thing about doing these podcasts, is I have so many ideas and, like, so much I want to say, and then I try to do my best to plan it all out, and then there's just always something that's like, "Mm, I wish I would have said this, like, ideas come to me later, things I want to say or include, and so me being my critiquing myself self I'm like might as well just go back and record the whole thing right because I'm like that I guess (laughs) so this is about to be take two of the recruiting podcast but before that a little update on my life I'm officially done with high school had my last day of school last week which is just crazy to think about never thought I'd be done with high school and here I am and I graduate in a week from today So that is really exciting. And the other update I have is I am now going to go early to college and I'm leaving in June to go over the summer and take a class at NC State and start practicing with the team. Kind of dip my toes in a little bit, you know, before the fall hits. And I'm hoping that'll make the fall transition a lot easier for me. So now that I'm wrapping up high school and we've had a bunch of award nights and ceremonies and We'll have graduation practice and graduation and, you know, about a million graduation parties. I'm hoping to spend a little bit more time doing some podcasting in the next couple weeks before I head out to NC State and obviously continue it there. But I've got a ton of ideas and a lot of people I want to bring in on the podcast before I go. That's the behind the scenes update. And now let's dive into this recruiting podcast. As always, I'm going to start with just talking about what I'm going to talk about, give you a brief outline, and then kind of dive in from there. If you are new to my podcast, hi, I'm Tegan Steinmetz, and I am committed to go swim at North Carolina State, technically starting in the fall, but I am, like I just mentioned, heading to start training and take a class over the summer. Today, I'm going to share my personal experiences with recruiting, how I went about the process, what I did, important things I think you should know, how I made my decisions, etc. I'm going to share a few friends' perspectives. I'm going to talk about 
um, recruiting and swimming at the D1 level, D2, D3 level. Using the experience of a few friends of mine, I'm going to talk about NCAA rules and official visits, making a decision, talking to coaches, things to consider, all of the above. So I hope if you're looking to swim in college, you can find this podcast to be a helpful source or resource rather. I know I have a lot of friends and a lot of sophomores that are a little bit clueless and honestly I was too at the time and recruiting is really stressful and making such a big decision about your future is really stressful. No way around it. Sorry, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it here. It's really stressful. It's a lot and it's a huge process for such a young age and I wanted to make this episode to help all of those younger swimmers out there out and parents hopefully that listen to this. And if nothing else, I hope this is helpful information for you and you at least walk away with like a starting point or an idea of a direction to go in. You can take away a few of the steps that I recommend and get exciting for the recruiting process, which starts on June 15th, which is already about a month away. All that being said, I'm really excited to do this episode because I really hope it will help a lot of people listening because I know how stressful recruiting was for me and I had great tools and resources to work with, but I know a lot of people don't have the same resources and I'm hoping I can be a big help. And side note, if you ever need anything or have any questions, further questions, you can always reach out to me. I will put my Instagram in the bio. It's just my name, but I'm always here to help and I want to help anyone that is looking for help because that's my purpose in being here is to help all of you guys out. One final thing before we just dive right into this, I am going to be sharing my personal experiences as well and in the most honest way possible and in no way is that going to be putting any teams down or any coaches I talk to or any of that. I want to share my honest experience to help you guys out the most and kind of tell you how it is. And keep in mind, a fit for one is not like a fit for all. So just because it wasn't a fit for me doesn't mean it can't be a fit for you or other people. Like, obviously, I want you to take my advice, but I also want you to take what I say with almost a grain of salt to know that we're probably very different people and just because I say one thing does not mean you should discount a school or anything like that. Okay, to begin, we're first going to talk about everything that you need to do before June 15th going into your junior year. June 15th is a huge day. It's the first day that college coaches can are officially allowed to talk back and communicate with you back. Before June 15th of your junior year, coaches are not allowed to talk to you, but this does not mean that you cannot email them or try and get in contact with them. They're just not allowed to talk back. So the very first step is making sure you have everything organized before that date comes around because I promise you it's going to come. You're going to be getting more emails than you think you are. Things are going to about to get crazy, okay? I just promise. I promise you. So... The very first step is create a separate recruiting email. 
This is not your school email. This is not your personal email. This is a completely separate email. I recommend having your name in the email or at least your last name. And I know I put my recruiting year in as well, but I don't think that's necessary. But make a separate recruiting email with like an official name and everything. You need a separate email. That's your very first step. The last thing you would want is to miss an email from a college in your personal emails or get mixed in with your school emails. You don't want any of that to happen. You want to make it completely separate organized email so you can really keep track of everything. Second step, you're going to make a Google Doc or some sort of spreadsheet. One thing I should have prefaced this with is there's going to be some work that you need to do before June 15th, but I promise you if you take the time to make the email, do this research, send the emails out, if you take the time to do the things that I'm going to recommend that you do, I promise you will make the that June 15th and those like first couple months of calls and everything so much easier. So I know it's going to take some work. You're going to have to sit down for a few hours a week and take the time to do this, but I promise you it's going to be so worth it. So you're just going to have to trust me on that one. So create the spreadsheet. And before you even put anything on the spreadsheet, I would take out a piece of paper or a journal if you journal, etc., Pull up another Google Doc, anything you want, because you're just going to write. And here are a few questions I think you should answer before you even start writing what schools you're interested in, where you want to go, etc. So first, I want you to take like 10 minutes and just write down what your goals are for swimming in the next couple of years. Take some time to reflect where you are now. Think about how much further you want to go. Think about how much you have to give to the sport, where you want to take it. And then another thing is consider what your college goals might be. And I know that's like sounds like a huge question. You're like, I'm literally a sophomore in high school. But this is where I want you to consider more than just like that ultimate goal of going D1. It would be an important time to consider... Things like going to a D3 school. I know my friend Katie, which I'll come back and talk to her, talk about her and her experience later, but she's going to Emory D3. She knew that she wasn't going to have a chance at, or as much of a chance at scoring at NCAAs or for a national title trying to go D1, but she knew that if she was going to go D3 and go to a smaller school, that she would be able to go to nationals her first freshman year and be able to score and be able to contribute to a national title. So little things like that, where you kind of consider, okay, I want to go D1, but on the flip side, let's not just throw out D2 or D3 schools yet. Maybe I, maybe I thrive more in an environment that is a little bit smaller and I can be kind of a bigger fish in a small pond versus a smaller fish in a big pond at some big D1 school, that kind of thing. So I think you should take some time, like 10 minutes or whatever, just set a timer and just write about what you, maybe some goals you have, where you see yourself in the next two years, what environments work best for you, how do you thrive, what kind of team do you look for. For me, and I'll talk more specifically on this later about why I chose NC State, but 
one really important thing for me is that it's a combined team. I love the idea of swimming with guys and girls. I know the boys on my club team, like that's a really important environment for me is to have the mixed genders. And I think there's a lot of special things that come with combined teams. So that would be something I write down is I want a combined team. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you want an all men's or all women's team that is not a combined program. So I think you should take the time to dive into yourself a little bit. What works for you now? What do you not like about your club team now? What are you looking for in a college team? What are you looking for in a college in general? All of those things. If you even take 10 to 15 minutes to just start brainstorming the environments that work best for you, your top priorities in a school, what you're looking for the most, what things maybe don't matter as much, what things you definitely need to have. And that doesn't, that can be an ever-changing list. And especially when you start talking to schools and start recruiting, that list will change. But if you have at least a baseline, I think that is a really important step to take before you get into anything else. Okay. After you've done that, go back to your spreadsheet, and we're going to get cranking on that. (laughs) There are so many resources out there, especially in swimming. I mean, you know you can look up anyone's time from any meet, from any year of their lives, basically. Like, it's kind of crazy how much information there is about swimming out there. So utilize it. And not even just about college swimming or swimming, just about colleges in general. There's just so much information. It's so overwhelming sometimes to look at it all, but it can also be really helpful if you use it in the right way. So now you pull up this spreadsheet, and here's what I would put in the spreadsheet. I would start pulling up some colleges that you're interested in or think you would be a good fit at or want to go to, etc. And whatever college that is, I would put that in the first row. I would then include the city and the state that the college is in. These are like all the columns or whatever. I would include the division that it's in. And this is where the research, like, it's going to take some time, but I promise you it's really, really going to help in the the long run. So bear with me here. Then you're going to go and you can find on their athletics page the coach's names And with that comes their coach's email or phone number. And I would also put that in the spreadsheet, put the coach's names and maybe put the head coach, but also put the other coaches, whatever coaches they have there to, to list, I would put all of them in because most likely you're going to end up talking to multiple coaches or you're not going to get through to one coach, but you're going to get through to another. So make sure you have all that information in there. And normally you can find all this information. You're gonna sometimes you're gonna have to dig a little bit, and it's what's really annoying is that a lot of college sites, like everyone is different, right? Like that's not all in the same place. All the information about coaches or the program is not all in the same place, and you have to kind of dig around a little bit. But as you do it a little bit more, it'll get more natural. You'll figure out how to find it faster. The next thing that I had in my column was the average ACT score needed to get into the school. And that was just kind of a baseline thing. I also had, I knew I wanted to study neuroscience, so I had whether they had a neuroscience major or what that kind of looked like. Some other things that you could include is average or estimated tuition. I know weather is kind of a thing for me, so kind of the weather, the climate, or where in the U.S. it kind of is. That could be an important thing to include. 
if you're looking at rankings of teams, you could look at the latest year's ranking, how they ranked in whatever respective division that they were in. And so I would take the time to do that for each school that you are interested in. And then when June 15th rolls around and you start getting all these crazy emails, you can go back and add to it, subtract from it, change things, add more important information. So then when you get an email from a school that you haven't had on your list, you can add it and add all the information, kind of see where things line up. I forgot to mention this before, but my friend Morgan, she has a college swim spreadsheet where she has every single school basically that offers a swimming program in the U.S. of all levels. And she has the name of the school, the division they're in, the state they're in, do they have a women's or men's team, both, the conference that they're in, and on some of them where they swim out of. And so you can use that. I'm going to link it in the little description. And I would take a look at that because then you can scroll through all of the different schools, all of the different states, all of the different levels, etc., and start making your spreadsheet list from there. So huge shout out and thank you to Morgan for sharing the spreadsheet with me so I can share it with you. And if anything, you can at least take a look at it, scroll through some schools, see the different, all the different options, like literally all the different options there are. It is a long list of colleges. And then you can kind of start going about your research from there. Speaking of resources again, I know a lot of swimmers know about SwimCloud and on SwimCloud, you can look at about any college and see their performances, how they do at regional or conference meets, their average times of the swimmers, the top times of the swimmers. And from there, you can kind of see where you would rank on some teams, which is really important research to do because then you can kind of see what level you would kind of fit into now. And this is about where recruiting gets really hard for me as just a process and especially the age that you have to be at right now being recruited. It's really difficult because you're either really on your A game coming out of your sophomore year, but you still have two years left of high school to improve and get better. And it's so hard for me to wrap my head around people making decisions so young And still having two years of A development, especially on the boys' side, so many boys just come out of nowhere almost, you know, their junior or senior year. I mean, go back to Jack, who I talked to um, on this podcast a few months ago. He picked up swimming going into his senior year, basically, and then got recruited by Virginia. And I feel like a lot of schools miss the boat because so many schools are just eager to get their rosters filled up and so fast that I feel like a lot of swimmers and colleges miss a wave of great swimmers that are just coming into their own and might have even more potential. And so as much as you want to look at a lot of those swim cloud colleges, where you would fit, etc., I would say shoot higher than that because if you think that you're going to, obviously, I hope you think you're going to be improving in the next couple of years, working hard and everything, but in my opinion, unless unless you want to go to a team where you're already going to be the fastest and you see yourself being there, that's a whole other story. But if you're wanting to go to the best college you can, I would look at teams that are faster because hopefully you will be growing into not only a faster swimmer, but 
especially going to college, hopefully you can, you know, keep climbing. So use the swim cloud resources as kind of a baseline, see where you fit, see where you are now, see where you can kind of reach. It's just a really hard balance between being realistic and like knowing, okay, it's probably not realistic that I'm going to go swim there, but at the same time, not selling yourself short, knowing that you still have years to grow and progress and then years beyond that in college. For example, I think I had one or two calls with Virginia, which is the number one um, school on the girls' side, but that wasn't realistic for me to go there. But it like, don't sell yourself short or don't reach out to schools because you think that you won't be able to fit in there. Still put those emails out. Don't let that stop you from reaching out from faster schools. You should always shoot your shot, in my opinion. That was a bit of a side note, but it also kind of flows into the next step. So after you've done your spreadsheet and prospective colleges that you think you could see yourself at or fit in with, interested in going to, etc. Once you've got a good solid list going, I would email all of those coaches. For your very first email, you can use a general template for a lot of these, but don't make the dumb mistake of using the wrong coach's name, saying the wrong school. You want to make sure that every email you send out is to the right email, to the right coach, using the right coach's name, talking about the right school. You do not want to make the rookie mistake of emailing to Coach Dave, but you say Coach Greg. (laughs) Sorry, that just came off the top of my head. So the next step is write an email and send it to all the coaches on your prospective college list. First email, here's what I would include. Introduce yourself, state your name, state where you're from, state what club team you swim for and or high school team. Hit them with the best information. June 15th, as much as it's obviously stressful for everyone getting emails and all the swimmers, it is so stressful for all of the coaches. I mean, think about all the emails they're getting and having to weave through. You want to have the best information right there, right included. You're not writing them an essay. You're not writing them your whole life story. The purpose is get straight to the point. Here are the things I would share. I would share your name, the club you swim for, the state you're in, possibly the high school you swim for if that applies for you. I would include two of your best events and your your lifetime best times. I would include your recruit year. I would include your GPA, any outside school involvements that you want to include, and a concluding sentence that's specific to the pool, not to the pool, to the school that you are emailing to. For example, NC State is one of my top choices because blank, and then you fill that in. And that should be personalized. That should be real. That shouldn't just be you typing the same thing to every school. I think you should... I think coaches, you'll learn, they like the personalization and they want to know why specifically you're interested in that school and not just that you're sending that same thing to everybody. And then always say thank you for your time or can't wait to hear from you. Respectful conclusion. And always start with dear coach blank. Make sure you have that specific to who you're trying to get in reach 
or in touch with. And just like that, you're done, basically, you know? (laughs) I'm kidding, but then you're going to have to do that for every school and make sure you put the right coach name in and reasons why you want to go to that school, switch all the names out. But you can use the same general template for each of those first schools and those first emails. So that is my general list of things that I think you should do before June 15th. So to recap, you're making a whole separate email. You're making a spreadsheet with prospective schools that you see yourself going to or want to go to. With that comes a lot of research about the different schools, getting in touch with coaches, what their emails are, where schools are, what divisions they're in, etc. And also make sure you've considered what you're looking for in a school so that when June 15th rolls around, you're ready to answer those questions about what you're looking for in a school. You already kind of have an idea of what you're looking for, even though that can change. and That's not set in stone in any way, shape, or form. You've at least taken a few minutes before the recruiting process has even started to consider some values that you prioritize in a team. Next thing you know, June 15th rolls around, and this is when things start going crazy, (laughs) but it's also very exciting. You're going to start getting emails from a lot of different schools, probably schools you've heard of, a lot of schools you haven't heard of. It's going to get crazy come June 15th, and let me tell you, it comes fast. From here on, it is really hard to have a timeline or describe a timeline because everyone, every swimmer's timeline is different. Every school's timeline is different. There are some schools that are really going to push for early recruits, and then there's some schools that, well, hopefully will give you the time to make decisions that are best for you and won't pressure you at all. So one really important thing to remember is that everyone's timeline is different, but it's important to know everyone's timeline. So when you start getting emails back, when you start planning calls with coaches, I think a really important question is to ask, what is your timeline like? So before I get into having calls, you might be emailing back and forth for a little bit. You might have coaches that are already like, here's my number, let's hop on a call. Once again, it really depends and it varies by school and it varies by every single school and it's going to look different. Before I get into emailing back coaches and getting on calls with coaches, June 15th is going to come quick and it's going to hit you with a lot of information that you need to keep organized and organization is so key. If you are a digital person, then make sure your email inbox is really organized. I recommend making the little folders for each college, like when you get an email from one college or multiple. And I promise you, you will start getting multiple. That way you can just forward it and put it right into the same folder. And then when you want to go look at that school, see what emails you're getting, see what information they have to share. You just click on that one folder and bam, all those emails from that same school are all there in one place. It's easy to find. You don't have to go searching through 9,000 different emails. It's a lot of information to keep track of, but if you stay organized from the get-go, it makes things a lot easier. So that's my best advice. You might get sent things in the email, in the not in the email, in the mail. Schools might be sending you things, information about their school, little flyers, things about the team, etc. And so I would keep a little binder or a folder. I got a whole accordion. Okay, I spent so long making this accordion with all these different schools and then I didn't even use it. So 
I would say a folder is fine. You're probably not going to get that much mail or actual handouts. So I, in my opinion, I don't think it's worth it to go buy an accordion and make little tabs for each school because half the, like for me at least, I didn't even talk to half the schools I made the tabs for. So I would just have a separate binder or folder that you keep in somewhere that you remember. And anytime you get any mail or anything or anything, hand paper you can put it in there but it definitely doesn't need to be over the top because most things as today is is online technology calls emails all of that off of the organization piece and back into emailing coaches back you're gonna get a ton of emails that week of june 15th i would stay on top of it replying to them and don't close any doors especially in the first couple months don't close any doors. If you're like, oh, I'm definitely not going there. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't not reply and I wouldn't say no to a coach yet. I would always keep the options open because as my friend Morgan says, you might end up where you didn't think you were going to be at, or you might end up liking a coach or program more than your initial thoughts. So before you just go, "Mm, I'm not going to go there or thanks, but I'm not really interested in your program right now. I would always respectful reply back take any opportunities that you can because because truly you just never know if it's been I'd say maybe a week after June 15th and some colleges that you're really interested in talking to have not emailed you back I would consider sending a follow-up email within the first couple weeks because as much as it's really easy to get disorganized on your side think about once again the coach's side and the people that are trying to talk to all these different kids they might miss an email etc so as morgan says don't be afraid to reach out if you need to send out another email give them an update i think that's a really great idea if it is a little bit of a reach school that you know might be a little bit too fast for you at that time then and they don't get back to you i would I would wait and maybe have a good meet here in a few months and you just drop a bunch of time. I would go back and I would send another email and say, hey coach, whatever, just wanted to let you know, I just had a great meet. I dropped X seconds and went this time and I had a really great meet and you know I'm looking forward to hopefully connecting with you in the future. And that way you can give coaches updates and keep them, keep them updated on what you're doing and how you're improving because Coaches are always looking for improving swimmers, obviously. So that's my advice on if you don't get some emails back, first thing from the schools that you want to talk to. Okay, so now we're X amount of weeks in or you have a coach that now wants to schedule a phone call with you. It's a little bit stressful, but I promise you, you're going to be okay. And I promise you, they've had more awkward conversations. And I promise you, it's always going to be a little bit awkward at first. So you got to get over the awkward part, know that it's part of the process, and run with it a little bit. In my experience, the first calls are kind of just a little bit more of the coach talking, telling you about their program, about their team, about the college, and it's a little bit less on the side of you talking. And then as you schedule a few more calls that's when the coaches will probably start asking you more about your life and getting to know you a little bit more. 
So I think you definitely should be prepared on that first call with any coach with a list of questions. And that's about their coaching styles. That can be about the college, anything that you have to ask, but be prepared with a question sheet because they're going to ask you, hey, what questions do you have? And the worst answer to that is nothing. I have no questions. Thanks. I promise you, they want questions. They want to hear that you're interested in the school. They want to answer questions and tell you about their program, their team, their training, what makes them special, what a daily life of an athlete is. They want to give you all that information. They have all that information for a reason. They want to share it. So the worst answer to do you have any questions is no. If you're stuck on what to ask, this is where, once again, the wonderful internet and all the resources online come into play. There's a lot of resources out there about important questions to ask college coaches, what you should ask, things that are important to know, etc. Some of my favorites are, what do you, what's your favorite thing to do in the city? Or why do you like living in X state? Or will you walk me through a day in the life of an athlete at your school? Those are some pretty basic ones that I like to ask, but like I said, there's a million resources online to help get some ideas flowing about what to ask college coaches. Just know that whatever awkward moment that you have on the phone with the coach, it's okay, it's fine. They do this, they do 100 calls a day, and they're not even going to remember the five-second awkwardness that you had or the thing you messed up saying. So don't worry about it. They also recognize that you are young and you're not always going to say the right things at the right time. So it's okay. Oh, good. Guess what? We have another organizational tip. Just more work for you to do. And that is pull out your notes app. Pull out paper if you're a, a paper person. But write down about each call that you have. You should be taking notes when you have these calls. Because how awful would it be if you're like, wow, I really like that coach, but I can't even remember which school I was talking to or which program that was. And so it's really hard to go back and recall these facts when you've had like multiple calls in a day or multiple calls in a week and you're trying to recall this information. So the best way to save yourself from that situation is take notes every time you have a call. If that's in your notes app and you have a note for each school that you talk to or a little heading for each school that you talk to, that's great. Anything notable that you think is important to write down, write it down. Pull out a pen and paper. Make sure you've got the school, the coach you talked to, and the important things they said. Write it all down. You're going to want all that information. and It's obviously very important when making all these later decisions. So write down all the information that they're giving you. I take that back. You're not like, it's not like a note taking process where you're writing down every word that they say, but important things that stick out to you that you think are important pros, cons, etc. Things that stick out to you, write it down, jot it down. You can always go back to it later. Sorry, we jump around a little bit if you haven't learned on this podcast because my mind goes a million different miles an hour, but I think. A good amount of colleges will have a questionnaire for you to fill out and maybe they'll email that to you first before you've even really talked to a coach or maybe it will be a little bit more down the line once you've talked to a coach 
and they'll ask you to fill it out, but definitely fill out any questionnaires that you can come across for any colleges that you're interested in. It makes it really helpful for the coaches to be able to get in contact with you in the best, most convenient way possible and get to know a little bit about you without you know having to have a call yet or email really back and forth. So any questionnaires you can come across, I would definitely take the few minutes of time to fill those out. The last things that I'm going to say about talking on the phone with coaches is or emails is always be respectful. Always thank every coach for their time. You want to be polite. They're looking for good kids, right, to bring to their team. They don't want people that think they're better than them, right? Like always thank them for their time and for taking the time to connect with them and speak with them and share about their program, etc., always be overly thankful I think because it is really cool to also be able to be considered to swim at some of these programs right and so just always be respectful and grateful now moving along the timeline you get to August 1st August 1st is the first day that official visits can begin If you don't know what an official visit is, don't worry. I'm going to explain all about them. Essentially, an official visit is a trip to the school paid by the school, paid for by the school. So essentially, when I took my visit to NC State, for example, NC State paid for me to go out there and stay at the school and learn about the school. In my years and in previous years, There's been a maximum of five official visits, so there used to be a max that you could take an official to five schools. Now, apparently, there's an unlimited amount of official visits that you can take, which sounds great and all, but in my opinion, I only used three of my five official visits, and I really don't think that you really need more than five. Five is even a lot, I think. I am not saying that to discourage anyone from taking an official, and I definitely think you should look at all your options, but by the time you get to taking official visits, I think you've kind of narrowed it down a little bit by then, and I don't think it's really necessary to overdo it. Go to the, go to the schools that you could see yourself really being at and those top choices, but I don't think you need to overuse all of them and like see all these options that you kind of know you aren't really considering. So after August 1st is when coaches can start, you know, inviting you out to see the school and planning official visits. And you might be taking an official, you know, the fall of your junior year. I know a lot of the higher end D1 schools, that's like a very popular time to take official visits. But that does not, once again, all timelines are different. That does not mean you need to be taking your officials by fall of your junior year. If you have some to take, I would take them. But I know my friend Morgan, she talked about, you know, she went on most of her visits this year as a senior. And that's totally and completely okay. And you'll move at your own pace with college recruiting. But August 1st and some of those first wave of official visits will happen the fall of your junior year. I'm trying not to talk as much about the timeline of things because it will be very drastically different for every single person in every single school, but I'm just trying to give you the basic outlines and dates of the things 
of the times that these could be happening. So you might be wondering what you do on an official visit. Well, I'm going to give you my experiences on the three that I took. And once again, as I mentioned to begin this, this is not like a right or wrong or applies for all. Every school is different. Most schools might run them similar, but every experience is going to be different at every school. I took three official visits. My first one was to Missouri. My second one was to NC State. And my third official visit was to Northwestern. Official visits are honestly really fun. And I 100% think that you need to take them. I know I had said earlier, don't overdo it with taking official visits. But don't not take official visits. They're paying for you to go out there and see the school. And I think a huge, huge factor in making a decision about a school is being able to visit the school, check out the vibe, meet the team, see how how life kind of is out there because you can talk to a coach as much as you want over the phone across states but until you're actually on campus you kind of see what the vibe is like it's a huge teller and it definitely helped me make some decisions 100% take advantage of official visits not only will you get to meet the team and all of the rest of the coaches in person but you'll also get to meet other recruits, most likely. I know in all of mine, there were a bunch of other girls and boys. And it is really fun to meet a lot of people. And you might even meet the same people on different visits. Or if you don't meet the same people on different college visits, you will meet people that know other people. And it becomes this whole mutual connection thing because you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I met that person on my other visit. And You'll find that a lot of the same people are talking to a lot of the same schools that you're talking to, and I think that's kind of fun. Anyways, in my experience, all three of my official visits, the first day that I was out there, you spend a lot of time touring the school, and you do a lot of these meetings with the academic advisors, and meet some teachers sometimes, and just a lot of information. It's a huge information day. Learn about majors you can take, classes you can take, what the programs are like, what the school is like, take the tour, a very information overload about the school. And then typically on the second day or two, depending on how long the trip is, which they're normally like two or three days, at least in my the ones that I took, but the second day is normally more of the fun day. You'll, you know, you watch a practice, you get to hang out with the team, you get to go to a football game sometimes, and it's more of the activities day, get to know everybody. So you really got to get through that first day with all that information thrown at you, and then you get to the little bit more of the fun part. And another really fun thing is you get to typically stay with people on the team. I know on most of mine, I would stay in a dorm one night, and then maybe a house or apartment or wherever the maybe upperclassmen live. And that is so much fun because you really get to see what life is like on campus. So not only are you getting to tour the school and everything, but you also get to kind of live like you're there for a few days and really get to see what it's like. So I'm going to talk about the do's and don'ts of official visits and what I recommend you do and don't do. It's uh, heavy on the do's because I don't know if I actually have that many don'ts, <laughs> but I would say do take notes. If you start a little notes 
once again in your little notes app in your phone, NC State visit, right? And then anything that pops out to you, anything that you really love, anything maybe that, but on the flip side, things that maybe stick out to you that you don't love, write it down, write everything down, good and bad always. Do talk to all of the people that you can on these visits. Talk to the hosts, the people that you're staying with, the people on the team. Get different people's perspectives. Ask a lot of questions. Ask the swimmers that are there now, how do they like it? What's it like? What's hard? What do they enjoy? Any questions you have, ask it. Ask them. Do talk to the other recruits. I know it can be a little bit awkward sometimes and everyone's kind of shy on that first day talking to each other, but do talk to other recruits. Talk talk about where they're looking at going to school. What visits did they go on? What did they like about certain schools? What schools are they talking to? It's like everyone's kind of in the same boat in this hard recruiting process and the more you can learn from each other, everyone has different experiences to share and information to share. So take advantage of that. Do take pictures. I know, especially when you get to making those final decisions. I wish I took more pictures of the dorms. Like, I remember them, but I think pictures of the dorms, obviously make sure, like, ask your hosts and people if you can't take pictures and everything. Make sure that's okay. But taking pictures of the campus, like, even just little things that you're like, you don't think you really want to look back on then, but then when you're later trying to make a decision or, you know, you were like, oh, I wish I could see the campus again one more time or just remind me of what it really looks like or that one place, take pictures. Don't be afraid to take pictures. Do be present with everybody. You know, get off your phone. Be present with the people that are around you. Be present with the team. Really read into seeing how the dynamics are. When you're watching the practices, see how the team interacts. When you're going to dinner with the team, see how the team interacts. Be present and try and pick up on all those things because I know some schools, it's always a thing like some schools, quote, roll out the red carpet and we'll try and put on, you know, their best show, trying to get, like, make it seem like it's the best place ever. And obviously so, right? They want you to go there. But try and get a real vibe and real experience of what life is like there. And you can't be doing that if you're always, you know, snapping and being on your phone. So be present, take in all the experiences. You've got, like, most likely two days about to really take in everything that you can, so take it all in. And lastly, once again, can't stress it enough, be grateful, thank the coaches for driving you, thank the people for driving you and hosting you in the rooms, thank everyone for the opportunity of being there and getting to learn about the college and for them flying you out there and taking the time and the money to spend on you, basically. It's a really great opportunity official visits and so be grateful and make sure that you are overly grateful when you can be for them hosting you there as for the don't side don't be disrespectful (laughs) i'm really trying to think of what else i mean really don't be disrespectful don't be competitive with the other recruits you know you guys are all in the same boat and try and make friends with as many people as you can so I don't really know if I have any mini mini don'ts, so I don't know really why I said that, but there you go. 
instead of giving you another don't, I'll give you another do that just came to mind, and that is do just take note of everything. You're there to see the swim team, but you're also there to see where you're going to be living. You're there to see a lot of the things that you can't get on a conversation with a coach over the phone, you know? You can get to know a lot about a coach and really love a coach, but if you get to that school and you really don't like the vibe or it doesn't really feel like home, you got to read into all those things. So, I mean, that goes back to the be present, but be present, notice all the vibes, notice all the things. Does it feel like home to you? Could you see this being somewhere where you thrive or not? Read all the vibes, basically. I'm going to talk about my official visits here in a second because I'm going to go a lot more into my personal recruiting journey and making a decision, and then we'll get into my best advice for making a decision, A, and also then saying no to some schools and how I think you should how it, you should best go about doing that, and then we'll basically be done here, and I hope this has been really helpful for you, and reminder that I'm always here to answer any questions especially about NC State, if you, you know, are happening to listen to this podcast and looking or talking to NC State. So I'm always here for any questions. Like I had mentioned earlier, I took three official visits, the first one to Missouri, the second one to NC State, and my third one to Northwestern. I really did love all my visits. They were really important. I really got to see the vibe of the school, the vibe of the team, and if you will, put a face or a place to the name, you know? Obviously, you know that I ended up committing and choosing NC State, and I loved my other two visits, but definitely one of them, it was really important to go on because I love the program, and I thought that I would really make a great addition to the the team, but it did not feel like home, and I knew that stepping on campus. And once again, that's not a bad thing because for some people it did feel like home, and it really did feel like that's where they should be, but sometimes you'll get to campus and you'll be like, this is not where I should be. And I definitely felt that with one of my visits, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. There's always going to be something you love and things you don't love about a school or a program, and it's all about learning to work with pros and cons. So that is what I'm going to talk about next, and that is when you've taken your officials and you don't know if, like, you're, you're done taking officials and it's kind of time to make that decision. I got you. I know this is about to sound really, really basic, but I'm pulling out all my all my best advice here, what I did to make my final decision on committing. And first is a pro-con list. Bear with me. I know you're like, come on, that's like the most basic thing you can do, but I promise you it works. You will automatically see after you've taken your visits When you go to sit down and write a pro-con list about the school, you will know in your heart where you want to be and where you kind of don't want to be. You'll find that the pros come out a little bit easier for that school you're leaning more towards, and you'll find that the pros come out harder and the cons come out easier for the school that maybe you're not leaning towards as as much. On these pro-con lists, you might be asking, Don't worry, you include about anything under the sun that you can think of as a pro or a con for that school. I even pulled out my old pro-con list just for this experience out of, basically had to wipe dust off of them. It's been so long now. 
And this, my friends, is why it's important to take notes while you're on these visits because you're gonna come back to this information, I promise you. So all of that notes, all of that hard work that you've done, all of those that spreadsheet from the beginning of June to taking notes on the calls that you had with the coaches to taking some notes and learning about things on the official and picking up vibes and writing things down that you liked, that you didn't like, things you took pictures of, all of those experiences all leads up to this pro-con list, guys, okay? I really hope that someone out there, even if it's one person, takes this away. I'll have, I'll feel good about myself because I think the pro-con list is a huge teller. On my pro-con list, I've got the weather, I've got how I thought the facility was, if it felt like home, I've got the pros and cons of the dorms, and which dorms were better or worse, or which I thought I could see myself living in or not. I've got on one side or the other the mascot. I've got who they're sponsored by, right? Like I'm an arena suit girl and not to say that was my final decision, but I've never worn another tech suit but arena. So the fact that NC State is sponsored by arena and I can wear my carbon glide, that is a pro. Like any anything you can think of under the sun that makes you even the slightest bit excited to go to that school, you write that down on that pro-con list. In my opinion, all three of the schools I was looking at, Tigers, Wolfpack, and Wildcats, those are all good mascots, but put the mascot down on there. Like, literally, we've got a wide spectrum of things that you can put on these pro-con lists. I mean, on my NC State one, I'm just like, it's so pretty there. There's lots of trees. I love trees. Like, that's so real. Like, no, that was not my final decision or final thing that made my decision of going to NC State. But just looking at my list, you can just tell that a lot more came out on this pro side of going to NC State than maybe my other ones. And I promise you, you'll kind of feel in your heart a little bit where you where you want to be. So definitely take the time, pull out a white sheet of paper, split the page in half, and... Just take the time that you need to to just write about all these schools. And I recommend doing that after you've taken all your official visits. So after everything is done. And I didn't really mention this, but you should definitely be talking with your parents, obviously, throughout this whole process. And, you know, what's going to be right and best for your family. So make sure you definitely have those conversations beforehand. And I obviously meant to say that earlier, but... Keep that in mind too. You want your parents to be a part of the process and obviously you want it to be your decision where you think is going to be best for you, but make sure that they're involved, you know, especially on the financial side and all of that and you have all those conversations. The next step, even if you're like me and you really knew after making that pro-con list, like I wanted to be at NC State, I would recommend taking a week and you're going to call these coaches back and be like, hey, they're going to probably ask you, Hey, what's your timeline like? When are you making a decision? Et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully they're kind with you to say, you know, take your time, make the best decision for you. We're here if you need anything. And I would take a week, especially if you've just taken your last one, your last official visit, you know, you're not going to take any more and you kind of haven't, you know, that like these are the final schools you're going to be deciding between. Take a week and say, hey, I'm going to take this week to talk to everyone, to talk to my family, to talk to my parents, to talk to anyone and really think about it for myself, I'm going to need a week. And hopefully the coaches will be respectful of that and respectful of the time that you need to make a decision. 
because it's not just a decision, it's your college and future decision. And of course, it can always change, but you really want to go with your gut, you know? So what I did post making the pro-cons list, even though I really felt like NC State was going to be the place for me, I took the time and I made a list of a bunch of people that I wanted to talk to about making this final decision. And of course, I talked to my parents but and my coach, but otherwise than that, I went back and I talked to one of my seventh grade teachers, and that was such an incredible time because she even knew when I, just by talk, me talking about the schools and not necessarily saying where I was leaning, it was like an unspoken, she literally said, I think you know where you want to go, and like, we didn't even have, I didn't have to say, yeah, I want to be at NC State, but she knew that, and like, just talking things out with people, you can really tell where you think you're going to be the best fit. I talked to some of my teachers, like I just mentioned, and I also talked to some alumni that I had connections with, and that was also really helpful. And then I would also consider talking to the freshmen or people on the team that maybe have, you know, offered to talk if you had any questions or any further things that they could tell you about. Definitely take up on people that are on the team now because as much as talking to alumni is great, they're also not there anymore and they're not there now or will be there when you are there, right? So take the time to talk to the people that are also on the team currently and will be on the team when you're on the team as well. And by then, if you've taken the official visits and you've, you know, you know that you're going to be making a decision from some of these, definitely do the pro-con list, talk to as many people as you can, and I think you'll know in your heart where you really want to be. For what, If for whatever reason you don't feel that way, it doesn't feel right, things don't sit well, keep talking to schools, maybe a school that you had turned down a little bit earlier or kind of fell off talking to, shoot them a text again, you know, see what they're up to, what their recruiting is looking like, and maybe go back and refer to that Google spreadsheet, go back to some schools, go back to those emails. But I promise you there's a school out there that wants you. And I promise you there's a school out there that you're going to really fit at. And I'm sure there's multiple schools out there that you're going to fit at. So first time around, if it doesn't quite work, I know sometimes recruiting is really hard, especially the timeline of it. So it doesn't have to be perfect. For me, it worked out that I took my three official visits and knew where I wanted to commit, but I have a lot of friends, you know, they took their visits in the fall, but didn't really love where they were going and had to take a little bit longer time with the recruiting process, and that's completely okay. My friend Morgan, she is going to St. Louis University, and her best advice is don't be afraid to reach out. And don't count out, like I said earlier, states or places that you don't really see yourself at or initially interested in. Don't count them out. She says it's important that there is no timeline and it's going to take a while sometimes. Maybe your recruiting trips are more senior year like hers and that's completely okay. Everyone's looks different and every level of, you know, I know a lot of those higher end D1s schools take a lot of their visits and commits in the fall of their junior year. But I know Morgan didn't commit until quite literally February of her senior year. 
So everyone's timeline looks different. And just because people are committing as soon as they can doesn't mean that's right for you or doesn't mean you're behind in any way, shape, or form. My friend Katie Cohen, she was telling me about how, you know, she could have gone D1, right, and gone to a D1 school. But she, what she valued was being able to swim at NCAAs and not just swim at NCAAs and score, but contribute to a national title. So she's going to Emory, which is one of the top D3 programs right now, and they're always in contention for a national title. And that's where she wanted to be. She wanted to be contributing, just like she had in high school, to winning like state titles. She wanted to be contributing at the next level to national titles. And she recognized that was unrealistic to be able to do that at the D1 level for her. And so that's what made her push a little bit more towards going D3. So just because you're not going D1 doesn't mean it's bad in any way. And I know Katie's going to just thrive at Emory and contribute to the national titles that I'm sure she's going to win. So that goes back to the very first step, which I said, write down what you want to do. Do you want to swim D1 just because you want to swim D1? Or do you want to be a big fish in a small pond? Do you want to be a small fish in a big pond? On my end, I like the idea of being a smaller fish in a bigger pond. I know I'm not the fastest going to NC State, and that's actually really motivating for me because I don't think I've ever really been the best wherever I have been at. And it's really motivating for me knowing that I have to work for my spot and I have to work to get better, to be on the level of everybody else. For me, that's really motivating. And that's why NC State was a great option for me versus the other schools I was looking at because I knew I have a place to work up to. It all really depends on what you want, what you're looking for, where you think you thrive. If you thrive being a leader and being the bigger fish, go for a bigger fish school where you're going to be one of the better ones. If you thrive knowing that you're not the best and you got to work for it a little bit harder, try and shoot to go to a faster school than maybe where you're at, you know? Those are all things to consider. All that to say, don't turn your nose at going D2 or D3 just because it's not D1. I think everyone can find a program that fits for them at any level. One other thing, though, is I do know at the D3 level, they do not give athletic scholarship, but you can get financial aid, as Katie has told me, but there is no athletic scholarships at at least the D3 level. If that is something that you're looking into, make sure to read up on D2, D3, and what those divisions look like a little bit more, because I know it varies between divisions. The final thing, guys, don't worry. We're almost, we're, the end is in sight. The final thing that I'm going to touch on is saying no to, to colleges and coaches, which is, let me tell you, one of the hardest things I have ever, ever done. You are going to get to a point where you have to say no, where you've made a decision to commit and you have to say no to other coaches. And it's really, really hard, especially if you've been talking to these coaches for months upon months and really have built a relationship with them, gone out to see the school, see their team, meet everybody, and then you have to say no. It's really hard. The best thing you can do when you're calling a coach to say, hey, I committed somewhere else, and you have to break the news to them, is once again, just be as respectful as possible, but also be to the point. Once again, you're going to thank them so much for their time, for their energy, and for their commitment to getting to know you and considering, you know, 
giving them a place on the team and all of that, you want to give your utmost thanks and make sure that they know that you're really thankful for all that time that they they invested in you, basically. And you just be to the point and say, hey, I've decided to, you know, the best decision is committing to another school. And you don't even have to tell them what school when it comes to that. You can just say, hey, I've decided I've committed to another school and I think that's going to be the best decision for me, but I really, really want to thank you for all of the time that you've put into me and invested in me, and I've really enjoyed, you know, building a relationship with you. You know you were talking to a good program if the coach has a positive response and says, wow, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad that you made the best decision for you. They reciprocate and say, hey, I really love getting to know you as well. And the best part, is if they also say, if anything ever happens in the future, we're always open to talk on our end. That's when you know you've talked to a good program that you that would have been good to go to, right? Because they're not angry and they respect that you're making the best decision for you. On the flip side, which I did experience, if you call and you tell them, hey, I've committed to another school, and they kind of go off on you or are upset and very passive aggressive or angry that's when you know you made a good decision not to go to that school right because in my opinion no coach or anyone should ever be angry and yelling at you over the phone that you're not going to their school so keep that in mind too (laughs) and it sucks in the moment having to go through that or having you know coach be angry and they're going to be disappointed I mean rightly so right you've spent all these months talking to them and they really want you and then they find out you've made another decision and that's hard but sit through it for a minute let them be angry or whatever and then be like hey gotta go and be done and you leave it at that and I promise you it's the greatest feeling of relief when you've called all the coaches that you you know are in the most contact with and said hey I've decided to commit and you go from there it's such a relief finally being committed I think That is about all that I want to share as of now. You're like, wow, all? The whole hour's worth? (laughs) Sorry, I had to throw some humor in there. You know I'm a talker. Before I make a few recap statements about this episode and recap everything, I have a few more points to say just generally about the recruiting process that I want to tell you, and I hope you stick around long enough for this because I can't go back and add things where I want to, so I have to add it on the end and re-record this. So I'm glad that you made it here, if you're still listening, obviously. I'm really not going to sugarcoat it. The recruiting process is really hard at times, and it can be really easy to get bogged down or discouraged by, you know, a coach that's not getting back to you or a school that you really had your eyes on, but, you know, they're not really offering you a position or talking back. It's really easy to get bogged down by that, but if you really do want to swim at the next level and continue swimming in college I promise you there's a program and a coach out there that wants you and that will take you and see potential in you and it might not be your perfect first choice world but I promise you there is a a a person in a place that will fit and somewhere that you can end up just as happy I promise you that and so here to be at the light at the end of the tunnel as someone who is gone through the recruiting process, obviously committed, signed, all of that, there is a light on the other side and it can be really hard at times, but I promise you if you stick with it, you keep working hard, 
you keep trying to stay on top of recruiting and emailing and getting in touch with coaches, I promise you it's going to work out and you're going to end up where you're meant to be. And I did most of my process, you know, summer going into junior year and early the fall and winter of junior year. And it's a lot to be traveling, trying to make college decisions, keep everything straight and also stay on top of school and everything. And it's really a lot. But I promise you, as someone who's made it on the other side, it is really worth it and so rewarding. And that's the other point I want to make about recruiting is that it is a really tough process, but it's also so rewarding not just getting to commit to take the sport to the next level and, you know, compete in college, but you get to meet a lot of different people. Like, you might not end up going to, obviously, 98% of the schools that you're going to talk to, but you get to meet a lot of different coaches, see a lot of different programs, get a lot of perspective, meet other recruits, meet other people, and obviously one of the best things about the swimming world is that it's like so big but so small and the people you meet on recruiting visits you're gonna see again you're gonna see all the same people at swim meets at the next level and it's just I just love the swimming community so as much as it's so difficult it's also so rewarding just to be able to have the opportunities to you know swim in college or keep pursuing the sport that you love and meet a lot meet a lot of great people along the way so that's what I have to say. Otherwise than that, to recap, I've listed a bunch of things that I think you need to have done by June 15th, that first recruiting date. That's setting up a college email or a college recruiting email. That's creating a spreadsheet with prospective schools and getting all, a lot of that information taken care of before the fact. Once again, as soon as June 15th rolls around and schools start emailing you, you can always add to that list based on who's reaching out to you and stuff, but at least if you have a general place to start, that's so much, makes things a lot easier, I promise you. I know it is a lot of work and it sounds like a lot of work for those first couple months, but once again, I promise you it's really rewarding and you'll be able to look back on just like I look back on it now and be like, wow, that was really overwhelming in the moment and, you know, hard to make those decisions, but I'm really happy with where I'm at now and really thankful that for the opportunity that I get to go continue doing something that I love in college and at the next level so generally I talked about just basic respect and having phone calls with coaches always thank them for your time take notes stay organized there's a lot of information thrown at you just constantly with all these emails calls talks going on visits etc try and keep it all straight and if that's hard for you you can always ask for help ask your parents for help ask anyone ask people that have been through the process before you can ask for help you don't have to do this whole process alone so definitely I recommend getting insight from anyone and everyone that you can because it's a lot to think about just by yourself so getting to talk it out with other people and hear other people's advice what they have to say I think is really really helpful even even this recap is skipping around because now I was just talking about making decisions, but just take note of everything. Take note of the vibe. When you go on those official visits, really read the room, talk to everyone you can, and when you're going to make those decisions, also talk to everyone you can. Make the pro-con list. Love a good pro-con list. I know it's cliche, but I think they're underrated a little bit because I think your heart knows what it wants sometimes, and 
you'll know. So pro con list, I give that an A+. My final words are I am really, really proud of whoever is listening to this for wanting to take the sport to the next level. That is so awesome. And like I've said like three times now, I'm going to say it again. Don't be discouraged. There is a place and a coach that wants you out there. I really promise you. And I'm really, really proud of you for all the work that you've put in to get where you are now and all the work that you're going to continue to put in to reach your goals in the future. So if no one's told you, I'm proud of you. And I really wish you the best with recruiting. And like I've also said like nine times, I'm going to stop saying like, (laughs) but I am here to help with any questions, any concerns, anything you need advice on or any further questions about recruiting, you can always reach out to me. So I want to obviously throw that out there as I always do. All right, my friends, that is, believe it or not, all I have for you today, an hour and 13 minutes later. I hope these hour and 13 minutes were helpful for you at the very least, and if you had no idea what to do, I hope this was at least a starting point and you know where to go from here a little bit and have a few things to think about. As always, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope you remember you're already everything, and catch you next time, and here's Jackson on the guitar.